the next 20 odd minutes, or timer, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to be talking from the Bible. And so um, you, may, you may be familiar with the Bible, you may be never even heard of what a Bible is. So what the Bible is, it's a letter from God to humanity. And so Christians, as a church, Christians believe that this earth doesn't have some chemicals and some bubbling soup and boom, millions of years, here's earth. We believe there's a creator, his name was God, and he, he spoke and this happened. And so that same God that created everything for I want to talk to people and, in a, and so over thousands of years, this book was formulated by prophets and men of God and women of God that we now can look at this book and see, hear God speak to us where we're at. And so I don't just believe it's fairy tales, I believe it's history I, and there's some crazy stories in this. But I believe they're real life and God can speak to us through this book. And so we're going to um, look at a book in the Bible called Proverbs. And we're going to look at chapter 4, verse 23. And so if some of you want to s- search that up, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we're going to get into that. But today we're going to be looking at the topic, I think there'll be a screen come up, uh, discipleship, dating, and direction. Can you say that to the person beside you? Discipleship, dating, direction. Bit of a tongue tie, say that really quickly. Discipleship, dating, direction. Discipleship, dating, direction. So this term at youth, we've been looking at this theme of discipleship and dating. So when we start getting into high school years, we start getting interested in boys and girls. Uh, uh, Once we were repulsed by them, but now we start having different feelings about those people in our class. And if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus, if we're going to be someone that follows Jesus, that then means we've got to make decisions to go, well, when we start dating, uh, am I a disciple first or does that come second? Because if I'm a disciple first, I want to date in a way that glorifies God and honors him. And so I've, I've done two installments in this series so far. And so for a review, for those that were here or for those that weren't here, I'll, give you, I'll catch you up, all right? So first time I did discipleship and dating, Still thirsty, wrong water. Still thirsty, wrong water. And so we looked at this, this woman in the Bible. It was a Samaritan at a well. Jesus comes to her and we learned that he used her physical position to reveal her spiritual condition. And so we saw in her life, she went from man after man after man. She had six husbands. Then the man that she was living with wasn't even her husband. And what we learned was that the water that she was craving, the men that she was craving, wasn't filling the need that she had. The need she had was Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and she was trying to fill her life, get her worth from men, and it didn't fill the gap. And so we don't have to go around from boyfriend to boyfriend, girlfriend to girlfriend. We need to get that source filled from Jesus, and then we won't have the issues with our relationships. So then we looked at the next one, discipleship and dating, the design. And so I spoke about just briefly before that. We believe God created the universe. He created you. He planned you. And so God has a design for how things work. And we look at the book of Genesis where we saw the first two humans and we missed talking about did they have belly buttons or not? Did the first humans have belly buttons? A debate for another day. But we, we, are, we saw this thing. It says that God creates everything and he saw that it was good. He created trees. It was good. He created the sea. It was good. Then it comes to man and he sees Adam alone and he says, Man being alone is not good. Dun, dun, dun. But then what we learned was that God didn't make a mistake. He was making a point. And so we've got to understand that God didn't make a mistake by making man alone. He made a point by saying man needs a woman and women need men. God created 
men and women to come together to create a family. And so we've got to understand that. And then another thing in our society, our society wants to tell you a child is a consequence of sex. Oh, I said sex, right? So, but we've got to understand children are not a consequence of sex. Children are a gift and a reward from God. And so the best plan for children is a mother and a father. Now, this we might know tragic circumstances, horrible situations that happen, but and, and I think God can grace people that they can get through that. But the best plan, the best situation for a child is to have a mother and father. But so today, we're looking at discipleship, dating, and direction. And if you want a subtitle, a healthy heart. Why don't you heartburn yourself? Healthy heart. A healthy heart. Do you have a healthy heart? So now, Alyssa, thank you. We'll go back to that Proverbs verse that you had up before. Larissa, I should say. So... If you want to read it with me, you can. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I'm going to read it again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Why don't you just close your eyes, block out your distractions, and I'm going to pray that God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus will uh, move in our lives right now. So God, right now, we thank you that we're here, that you have a plan for us, that you have a purpose for us, that you want to speak to us. So Holy Spirit, Help us block out the distractions. Help us have maturity in this moment that we take in the truth of the Word of God into our lives, that we leave this place on fire with passion, with purpose to, to fulfill the call that you've got for us, that we don't leave this place with baggage, with guilt, with shame, but we leave this place in freedom and be able to uh, have an awesome legacy for the future. Amen. We agree, they all said. So Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, um, I, to, to explain this, it's not talking about the destination of your life. And so if you're a Christian, if you're a disciple, we believe our ultimate destination is heaven. I am so keen for heaven. I don't know if you are, but I am pumped to go to heaven. There, there's an alternative, hell. I don't ch choose that. I'm so grateful that as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, my destination is heaven. Do I have a witness in this place? Is any disciples in here happy that they're going to heaven? I'm so keen for that. Get excited. That should be, so honestly, that should get you pumped. That should get you, woo! Because I'm, I'm passionate that I'm going to heaven. And so this Bible verse so is saying that the course, your heart determines the course of your life. So it's not so much talking about the destination, but how we get to the destination. So if you're a disciple, you're going to go to heaven. But are you going to go to heaven with baggage? Are you going to go to heaven with shame? Are you going to go heaven with guilt or you're going to go to heaven going you know what I had a great time on earth I'm going to go to heaven and I had fun I did it well God blessed me God prospered me God favored me but it's our heart will determine our course and so we've got to protect our heart do we have a healthy heart because if we have a bad evil gross heart we're going to we'll get to heaven but we're going to go up bounce like we're going to be hit skate park rings and hurting ourselves or we can do it well with a, a good heart and go you know what there's I, I, I could have had trouble after trouble, but God protected me because I followed my heart with his ways. So we've got to ask ourselves, what controls your heart? What rules your heart? Is it unchecked, unmanaged? Our heart can cause a lot of trouble. And a disciple guards their heart. So I want to say this to you. Too often we are guided by our heart when we need to be guarding our heart. I'll repeat that again for you. Too often we are guided by our heart when we need to be guarding our heart. I don't know if you've ever heard someone say this. 
like you could be asking someone a question and they say, I'm just following my heart. I'm just following my heart. And it means well, but I want to explain why that can be a really dangerous saying by just following your heart. An example, if you're just living a life, I'm just following my heart. It might sound, you might hear someone say something like this, a boy, she's so cute, eh? How cute is she? Or, or uh, opposite, a, a girl, you might hear a girl say this, he's so muscly. Or back to that, a guy might say, oh, there's just the way she smiles at me. It's just the way she smiles at me. Or back to a dude, you might hear a dude say, uh, oh, sorry, a, a girl, back to a girl, you might hear a girl say, um, doesn't he just have the perfect hair? It's just the waves, right? And so if we're living by what our heart says, we're going to go, well, that guy has good muscles. Or that guy's got curly hair. Or that guy can sing well. Or, or, or that girl, just the way she wears a dress. Or that girl, just the way she waves at me, right? If we're living by the guiding of our heart, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble because we go from girlfriend to girlfriend, boyfriend to boyfriend, heartache and heartbreak, and we're depressed. We're upset. But we've got to understand, though, we're not going to let our heart guide our lives. We're going to guard our heart, protect our heart, that we don't live from baggage and hurt. But we're going to live in freedom because we go, you know what? My identity doesn't come from a boy. My identity doesn't come from a girl. My identity comes from Jesus, and I'm going to let that flow and rule my life. And I want to tell you, relationships are not bad. Dating is not bad. But when it affects your heart, it is not good. And we've got to be so careful with our dating relationships that we live a life that honours God, that honours ourselves, that we get to heaven going, you know what, I don't regret anything because I let God, I guarded my heart, I protected it, that it didn't get broken and twisted and envy and hurt by things because I, I pursued things that weren't good for me. And so our heart tells us how to spend our money. Our heart tells us how to spend our time. And then we can end up in a situation like, how did I get here? Hurt, broken, distressed. And then, but we got, as I said before, a disciple isn't guided by their heart. A disciple guards their heart. A disciple isn't guided by their heart. A disciple guards their heart. So one youth, if you forget anything tonight, I want you to think that. If I'm a disciple of Jesus, I don't, I'm not guided by my heart. I guard my heart that I make good decisions, not, not, temporary fleeting decisions that leave me more hurt and broken than how have I not done it. So we need to protect our heart. Now, um, spoiler alert, we're going to go to some deep stuff right now. So if you, um, so get ready for the juice, all right? But there's a new, a dude called Jesus, my Lord and Savior. He died on the cross. Easter's coming up very soon, very exciting. He died, but Jesus. So one thing that Jesus says, he says some interesting things. He goes from the, I think you've got a verse for us actually, um, Larissa, but it says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, or the overflow of the heart. And so uh, what we see, the way our heart is, uh, we will, our, our vocabulary, our words will um, uh, flow from what we speak. And so then, and Jesus talks a lot about the heart and how it re- relates to our life. And so another thing that Jesus talks about, he says that if you, uh, like we understand murder is wrong. Does anyone in this place understand murder is wrong? And so, so Jesus says, he takes it to a step further and goes, so murdering someone is wrong, but if you even just hate someone in your heart, it's the same root. So for you to murder someone or for you to just not like someone, it's actually the same root issue. And then he takes it, then he, and then he uses the same illustration for lust. So does anyone know what adultery is? 
Here we go. We get, welcome to school. So this is what adultery is, right? So we believe that when you get married, you ch- by choosing one, you say no to everybody else. So it's a pretty big decision. You get married, you say, I, choose, I say yes to that. For me, I'll say yes to that woman, and I'm saying no to every other woman. That's a big decision, right? And so then with marriage, you have there's sex in marriage, and you, that's only between you and your wife. That's a pretty big decision. When you get married, you're saying, I'm only having sex with this one woman for the rest of my life. And that decision I'll have to make one day, right? So then adultery would be, though, then, is if someone in that marriage covenant goes, you know what, I'm going to now sleep with someone else. I'm going to have inappropriate activities with someone else. That is what adultery is, right? And so then Jesus says, so adultery is wrong. It's wrong to break the covenant. But he goes, if you just have lust for someone in your heart, it's just as bad as committing adultery. That's pretty challenging. And an, an, another way to look at it is that for boys, right, you might see a good-looking, if you're married, you might see a good-looking woman. You can't help it. They're in your peripheral. This, the lust is when you have a second look. No second look. That's a sign of lust. If you see an attractive woman, you go, good job, God, they're attractive, but I'm happily married. But if you have to have a second look, that's the seed of lust. So we don't want to be having a second look, right? And so, but when it comes to this lust stuff, um, so Jesus cares about your heart. He cares about what you do with your heart. And so that is why porn is so dangerous. So people might go, oh, well, what's wrong with porn, this and that. What's wrong with porn is is because it's stimulating sexual desires that is meant for marriage. That's what it is. Uh, It stimulates sexual desires for marriage. And so if you're just going, oh, I'm going to look at some porn here, I'm going to look at some porn there, you're actually committing adultery of lust in your heart because that, and can I tell you, those desires are put in you by God. Boys, girls, we have sexual desires in us by God. It's not a mistake, but we've got to understand there's a confine that God created it for, and that is for marriage. And so we've got to protect ourselves that we don't get caught up in in lustful things, wrecking our heart by uh, consuming porn and all these other things, right? And so, to, to explain this even more, Jeremiah 17.9, God says this about humans, and this freaks me out. This is what God says about us as humanity. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And so we might think, oh, my heart's good. My, I, don't, I don't think anything bad's going to happen. But God says, no, your heart is messed up. Your heart is twisted and evil. A great example of this is a dude called Peter. And this scares me, right? Nathaniel, this freaks me out. So this dude called Peter, he, he says to Jesus, you know what, Jesus? I'm never going to deny you. If, if it means I've got to get killed, I'm going to get killed. If it means you chuck me in jail, I'll go to jail. I'm never going to deny you, Jesus. Then some girl sees him in a bush, a bush, not a bushfire, a bonfire. This is like a bonfire going on. They're keeping themselves warm. And this woman goes, hey, Pete, I know you. You're with Jesus. And he's like, oh, hell no. I don't know this Jesus. And he denies him three times on the one night. And why it scares me is because Peter in his heart thought that he would never deny Jesus. But then at the pressure point came, his heart was deceitful, his heart was wicked, and he denied Jesus. We've got to understand that our heart, we, we might have great intentions. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to make a bad mistake, which we all do. But Jesus is saying, we just got to protect our heart. We've got to keep our heart healthy because we don't want to get caught up in things. Just like Peter got messed up, we easily mess up. And we've got to understand if our heart has a propensity to do wrong, we've got to protect it that we make sure we set ourselves up for what's good. And 
That's why we've got to be so careful what music we listen to. Man, some music is so bad. We've got to be careful what we watch on TV, what we watch on YouTube, because, and whatever else it is, movies and stuff, because we've got to protect our heart from the evil that when it gets in us and make, make us think that's okay, that's acceptable. And Philippians chapter 4, I think it's verse 6, or verse 8, sorry, Philippians 4, 8, it says, think about whatever is admirable, whatever is pure, whatever is holy. And we've got to get a hold of that. Go, you know what, God, I'm going to, the music I'm going to listen to, I want to fill my heart with good things. The, the, the things I see on TV, I want to fill that, I want to fill my eyes with good things. Because I want to protect and guard my heart that I don't get led into things that cause me damage and shame and guilt. If the music team wants to go, um, uh, join me again, that will be fantastic. And so you ask yourself a question, what am I watching? What do I listen to? What am I letting in my heart? Because is the course of my life to heaven going to be full of heartbreak and heartache? Or is the course of my life going to heaven going to be, you know what, I, I, I made wise decisions and God blessed me for it. And so in closing, Psalms 37.4 says this, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I used to read this wrong. I used to read and go, you know what, God? I'm delighting in you. I came to church. Now it's time to pay up. Ka-ching. God, I came to youth, and now I want you to give me the desires of my heart. I want that new house. Amen. I want a new car. I want a sick sub in the back. I want a, a new bass guitar. I want, I want, I want. I thought, God, I thought it was an exchange. God, I'm delighting in you. Now it's time for you to pay up. But then I got the revelation. It's actually saying, you delight yourself in God, you put yourself in God's presence, and he will actually put the right desires in your heart. I think that's amazing. And so when we go, you know what, God, I'm Monday morning, God, speak to me. When we open up the Bible, God, I want to delight in you. He'll start putting things in your heart to long for. There's things that, you know, so rather than having lust and, and envy and greed and all these other things that want to pollute our insides, we have forgiveness, we have life, we have love, we have joy, we have peace because we're going to like God, I want to like you. When we commit to worship, worship isn't just a thing of singing Christian karaoke. Worship is going, God, I'm delighting in you. I'm taking my eyes off my shame. I'm taking my eyes off my circumstances. Going, God, I want you. God, change my heart. God, heal my heart. And so right, right now, why don't you stand to your feet? And I want to pray and believe right now that we can see a cleansing of our hearts. That that as, as our title was today, discipleship, dating direction. What direction do you choose? If you're a disciple of Jesus, I believe you are going to heaven. But what what course do you want? Do you want the course of ups and downs, hurt and, and hurt and heartbreak? Or do you want the course of going, you know what? I followed God and He blessed me. I kept my heart right and He blessed me. I kept my heart right and He favoured me. So I want to pray for us. And once I pray, I want you to, uh, even if you're right now, if you just want to move yourself in a position around here somewhere, that just goes, so just you and God, close your eyes and go, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what do I need to change in my heart? Holy Spirit, what in my heart needs to, because I want to guard my heart. A disciple of Jesus isn't guided by their heart. They guard their heart. And what, what do I need to change? So Holy Spirit, right now, we pray for one youth. God, I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that your, your hand would be upon them, that they would be guided by the, the fickleness, the evil of our, of our heart. 
But God, we would be we would guard it, that it would be precious, it would be pure, that it would be set up to not to not be a, a destiny of of baggage, but a destiny of fruitfulness, a destiny of life, a destiny of joy. And God, I believe that's what you have for us. So we're gonna we're gonna sing.